Hello and welcome back to the Rugby League Hot Recap. It's the last week of January and you can almost feel the anticipation as we get closer and closer to the return of Rugby League. This is Lockie Campbell, your host for today's episode and welcome to all our new listeners and those who have been listening to us from the jump. Couldn't be more excited to bring you episodes as we get closer into the season. So last week we finished off our big Super League season preview which means we are now heading down under to start looking at arguably the top-tier championship of the sport, the NRL. We're previewing seven teams today in a bit of a mammoth part one, with a further two parts to come over the next few weeks. But before we get into it, let's hit the news. So we're staying in the UK to begin, as the big details around the Super League streaming service, Super League Plus, have been revealed. Build as a game changer to the way fans consume the sport, the global streaming service promises to show all the games from the competition live. In the UK and Republic of Ireland, 106 games will be live on the service, with the rest available on delay or on demand. The service promises exclusive fan content, archived footage and original programming. The service will also have a feature called Multiview, so fans can switch between sports playing concurrently. So how much does it cost? The annual pass is £129.99. Monthly is set at £19.99. And pay-per-view games start from £6.99. Season ticket holders in the UK can also get an annual subscription for £99.99 via their club. So what's my take on this? Well, this is a genuinely positive development in making the game accessible to fans across the country and the globe. It puts the game on par with the NRL and other American sports leagues such as the NFL, NBA, MLB, who all offer a very similar game pass. And these game pass models are incredibly popular for European fans of these sports. For those who have season tickets, it's a steal when you consider the amount of money involved in getting to games, paying for food and drink. Pretty sure there's no discount for season ticket holders in other sports. IMG have got a lot of stick for not walking the walk after promising to revolutionise the game. This is a solid step forward. However, key questions do remain. What kind of quality is the broadcast going to be? Will all of the games have commentary? What about tech gremlins with the app and freezing? And what if it doesn't work on certain devices? And how quickly are those issues then going to be resolved? Also, a big thing here is what will the impact be on crowd attendances? So... In all in all, the positives are huge though, so let's see how it goes once games get started. Let's stay in the UK now for some more news as Matt Shaw of Rugby League Live reported last week that Rugby League in the lower levels in England is set for another restructure with a view to incorporate a structure of 12 teams across the Super League, Championship and League One. St Helens' Johnny Lomax has replaced James Ruby as the club captain while Shaw has also reported that Wakefield are now targeting the Saints winger Tommy Makinson for next year, with the England international out of contract at the end of 2024. Uh, Mike Critchley from the St. Helens Star says the club are in discussions about extending the 32-year-old's current deal, so one to keep an eye on as we head into the season. This weekend also saw some 1985 Cup action and friendlies. So in the Cup, holders Halifax Panthers were beaten in the first game by Oldham and the York Knights put 114 points past Newcastle Thunder at Kingston Park. 
in the friendlies. Huddersfield dispatched the London Broncos 50-16, to while Sheffield Eagles edged past an Academy Hull KR side 26-24. Wakefield and Wiggins friendly was abandoned after 60 minutes after a floodlight failure at the DIY Kitchen Stadium. Let's head down under then to recap the ongoing saga around Ronald Volkman. So last week we told you that both St. George Illawarra Dragons and the New Zealand Warriors are facing potential sanctions after Volkman was released following accusations between the clubs around the playmaker's medical history after he arrived injured in New South Wales this off-season. Well, the Warriors have since now said that they will now pay for Volkman's shoulder surgery, with the league still conducting an investigation into the debacle. Plans have been released for Penrith Panthers' new $309 million Aussie dollar stadium upgrade at Bluebet to increase the capacity to 25,000 people. The stadium will be closed at the end of this year, with the refurbishment to take place in 2025. Uh, Penrith are then going to play their home games at Combank, which is the home of their rivals, the Parramatta Reels. And in signing news, uh, Broncos young star Ezra Mam has penned a new contract until the end of next season. That's according to the Courier-Mail. The standoff is well-known across the world now for scoring a stunning hat-trick in the loss to Penrith in the 2023 Grand Final. And that's the news. Okay, so with weeks to go now into the new season, it's time to start previewing the NRL. 17 teams, three episodes, let's go. So, 17th were the West Tigers. That's West with an S on the end, by the way. So, they won four games and lost 20 in 2023. Their star player is their hooker, Appy Corusel. The coach is their club legend, Benji Marshall, who takes the reins this year. And the key signing they've made for 24 is Jaden Sullivan, a standoff from the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Their first five games, they're away to the Raiders, home to the Sharks, away to the Eels, away to the Dolphins, home to the Dragons. Their last title was in 2005, and bookmakers have them the 16th best odds for the title. So, recap of some of their stats from last year. They had the league's worst attack, they have the league's worst for try scores and for goals kicked. They were 12th in set completion, but they were 16th in line breaks. Um, 9th in tackle bursts. They ran one of the fewest in the league. They were 12th in run meters, but they were in the top three for offloads. But they were also, and I think it connects to this, they were 2nd in handling errors. On the defensive side of the ball, they had the league's 16th uh, best defense of the second worst. Uh, They were 12th in tackles made but 15th in missed tackles and bottom of the league for ineffective tackles. Uh, In terms of some of the more individual player stats then, so Brandon Wakeham uh, was 37th points scored across the league. Uh, So he was 18th in goals kicked. Um, Junior Tupo was 23rd in line breaks. And David Clemmer was 25th for meters made, while John Bateman was 18th for offloads. On the defensive side, uh, John Bateman was 25th in tackles made across the league. And Api Corusal was 4th in missed tackles. Let's have a look at the business then. 
So the incomings for the West Tigers. Jaden Sullivan, as I mentioned, a standoff, can also play a hooker from St. George. Uh, Justin Olam is a centre that they've procured from the Melbourne Storm. Aidan Caesar heads down under from Leeds Rhinos. He's a standoff and halfback. Uh, Latou Fainu, uh, a standoff from Manly uh, Sea Eagles. He's come over as well. As has Samuela Fainu, who is a second rower. Solomon Alemilo is a winger that they procured from the Canterbury Rugby Union side. So their outgoings, uh, their club star and their playmaker for the last decades, Luke Brooks, has left. He's a standoff and he's gone to Manly. Uh, Sean Bloor um, is a second row that's gone over to Melbourne. That was in exchange in the Justin Olam deal. Uh, Dane Laurie is a fullback standoff. He's gone to Penrith. Tommy Talau, a winger centre, has gone to Manly. Uh, David Nolafuama has been released after following into a bit of a dispute with the club. And Brandon Wakeman, who was their top point scorer last year, has uh, gone to the Blacktown Workers. What does their starting 13 look like? So Jareen Buller uh, is the fullback. Brent Naden and Junior Tupo are the wingers in the centres. You'd likely have... Asuka Power and Justin Nolam. Jalen Sullivan would slot in at standoff in place of Luke Brooks. And at half back, scrum half, you'd have uh, Aiden Caesar in the props. Uh, David Clummer and Stefano Atoikimanu uh, with Api Kurosawa Hooker. In the second rope, you'd have John Bateman and Isaiah Papalihi. And Fanua Pol would be at lock. So. What are some of the questions facing the Tigers? Well, Benji Marshall is a big deal here. So he, as I said, he's a club legend, the highest point scorer. He played for 12 years over two spells at the club. Very respected within the wider rugby league community. And the hope is, is that he will really help move the Tigers forward after a disappointing few years where they are the back-to-back wooden spoon winners. The biggest free agency story this year, well, last year, was the future of the Panthers and New South Wales standoff Jerome Luai, who has signed a five-year deal with the Tigers from 2025. So, ahead of that, can the squad build up momentum for then him to hit the ground running when he comes into the field next year? Uh, so, after breakout season through Jareem Buller, can he take his career to the next step? And can incoming half Jaden Sullivan be a factor in getting Buller to that next step? after an impressive year with the Dragons. Um, at standoff, it's all changed as Aiden Caesar, as I said, comes in from Leeds and Luke Brook takes his talent to Manly. Um, so that's how is that going to play out? What is there going to be a drop-off in that position for them? It, it's likely because Caesar's definitely not at the same standard that Luke Brooks was. Uh, but Brooks gets to get his way over at Manly where he can potentially start chasing the title. Um, last thing on the West Tigers, they have a horrible start they have to contend with having the bye to start with in round one. For those that aren't acquainted with this league, it means that they just don't play. So everyone else plays and they miss out that first league, but they do pick up two points. But it means they're going to have to wait an extra week and sit on their hands before they open away to the Canberra Raiders. To St. George Illawarra, the Dragons. So they finished 16th. They won five games and lost 19. Their star player is their hooker and, well, I should say, one-to-way hooker, Ben Hunt. Uh, the coach is Shane Flanagan, a new coach this year for them. Uh, the key sign-in that they arguably made over the off-season was Haim Sele, a prop from the South Sydney Rabbitohs. 
Their first five games, they are away to the Titans, away to the Dolphins, at home to the Cowboys, at home to Manly, and then away to the Newcastle Knights. Uh, their last title was in 2011 when they won the World Club Challenge. And they have the worst odds for the title of all 17 teams. Uh, their offensive stats, uh, they're the 14th best attack, 14th in try scored, 16th in goals kicked. Um, none of these stats, I should say, are in the top 10. The closest they get to the top 10 is in offloads, where they finished 11th. And they had the second fewest run meters, which obviously is not a great stat for this sport. Uh, on the defensive side, third worst defense, they conceded 673 points. Uh, they were 11th in tackles. But again, same with West Tigers. It's not as if they're high in the missed and ineffective tackle spots. They, they were 14th and 13th there, respectively. Uh, they had no real defensive player stats of note. Uh, on the offense side, though, Ben Hunt was uh, third for line engaged. He was ninth in try assists and eighth in kick meters. Twelfth uh, in points scored was Zach Lomax. Um, and he was also 13th for goals scored because a lot of his points came from the kicks. So their incomings, uh, Hammer Sally, yeah, the prop from South Sydney, as I said. Uh, Kyle Flanagan is a halfback that's come over from the Canter- Canterbury Bulldogs. Tom Eisenhuth is a second row that can also fill in at centre from Melbourne. Corey Allen, a centre wing at fullback from the Roosters, though he will not be playing this year. And recently they've announced a sign of Fytala Mariner, who is a second rower from the Bulldogs. They're outgoing to then. So, as I say, with the Tigers preview, they've let Jaden Sullivan head over to them. Billy Burns is a second rower that's gone to Cronulla. Uh, Jaden Hunt is a lock second row. He's gone to Brisbane. Zane Musgrove is a prop that's gone over to the UK to the Warrington Wolves. Tyrell Fuimaiwanu is a lock second row. He's been released, as has Nick Louis Toso. And Talto Moga is a centre that's also been released. They've released quite a lot of players. And Junior Amone, and I'll come on to that more in a minute. So what does their starting 13 look like? So at fullback, uh, Tyrell Sloan will slot him. The wingers will be Zach Lomax and Michaela Ravalawa. In the centres, Moses Suli and Jack Bird. At standoff, Carl Flanagan likely to come in there as their first new signing that will be in the squad. Uh, ben Hunt uh, will then move back into uh, halfback with the props will be uh, Hami Sales, another new signing there, and Blake Laurie. Jacob Little would come in at hooker. And the second row forwards would be Jaden Sewer and Tom Eisenhuth or Fatala Mariner. So some new blood in the second row as well. And Jack DeBellin would remain at lock. So what are some questions about this side? So Junior Amone, the up was the Dragons' upcoming playmaker. He was charged with GBH during alleged attack at a roofing contractor uh, in November 2022. He was allowed to play over the course of the 2023 season, but in October last year was found guilty of all charges. Uh, In December 2023, he was then served with a breach notice by the NRL, preventing him from being contracted in the league for 12 months. In the last few days, uh, Amone has spoken out on the situation, saying that he will come back 10 times stronger and better when back in the sport. Uh, the Dragons are set to offer fullback Tyro Sloan a new deal to keep him at the club, with his contract expiring at the end of 2024. Sloan is set for his first full season as starter at fullback. Uh, 
Um, we're going to see Ben Hunt in the halves. Look, the superstar playmaker will now be teaming up with Kyle Flanagan uh, after he got his wish to jump into his preferred position from Hooker for this year. Uh, worth noting for those that don't know that Hunt previously handed in a transfer request during the middle of last season. Uh, but he's contracted until the club to the end of the 2025 season, though many clubs in the Queensland area are very keen to bring him home. So, as I've mentioned previously on the board, on the pod, the Dragons are a, in a bit of an injury crisis for 2024 after they lost Corey Allen to an ACL tear and with a Ronald Volkman situation meaning that he's going to not be playing for them this year. They're also, as I said, going to be with a new coach as Shane Flanagan takes the helm following spells at Cronulla and last year was an assistant coach at the Manly Sea Eagles. So to the Bulldogs then. So they were the 15th finish. Uh, They won seven and lost 17. Their star player is the halfback Matt Burton. Their coach is Cameron Seraldo. And their key signing star player is Stephen Crichton from the Penrith Panthers. Uh, the first five games then they are and this is a doozy so they are away at the eels away at the sharks at home for the gold coast titans and then away to the rabbitos and at home for the roosters so tricky start for canterbury they have the 15th best odds for the title at the minute and their last premiership title was in 2004 the stats then, so they were the league's worst for line breaks and tackle bursts and run meters. Never good stats when you're trying to get the ball into the other team's try line. Uh, they had the second worst attack in the league, scoring 438 points. And they had the worst defense in the league. They conceded shocking 769 points. They were first also for missed tackles. Any other kind of big stats is they were also second worst in try assists um, and second worst for try scored. So all in all, a bit of a mess and quite surprising that they did manage to win more games than St. George and the Tigers by the end of the season. In terms of the individual stats, Matt Burton was 13th in points scored across the league. Uh, so he kicked uh, the he kicked the 11th most goals as well. And he was 16th in try assists, so at least he was still able to keep... Uh, the squad going as they're in part of their main attack. Uh, sixth in offloads was Jacob Kiraz. And Matt Burton, I should also say, was 11th for kick meters. Uh, defensively, Reed Mahoney was sixth for all tackles made across the league, but he was first in missed tackles and third for penal- and second for penalties conceded. Matt Burton was also third for penalties conceded. And Mahoney was also fifth in ineffective tackles. So, Lots of transfer activity for Canterbury in 2024. Let's start with the big names then. So they procured Stephen Crichton, an NRL title winner with Penrith. They picked up Connor Tracy, who can play, and him should say also with Stephen's position. So they both these players can play as either a centre, a fullback, or a winger. So quite much of a utility back. Uh, Blake Taff is a fullback that they picked up from the Rabbitohs. Kurt Mann is a utility man from the Newcastle Knights. Drew Hutchinson can play at standoff or hooker for the Roosters. Jake Turpin is a hooker from the Roosters as well. He joins. Jamin Salmon is a standoff but can also play at second row from Penrith. And Puasa Famosili, I should say, is a prop from the Dolphins. And Joshua Curran is a second rower from the New Zealand Warriors. So... Nine new signings 
for Canterbury, in, but in terms of the outgoings, there's nine of them. So Corey Waddle, a second rower, heads to Manly. Kyle Flanagan, a halfback, heads to St. George. Jake Avarillo, a centre, heads to the Dolphins. Braden Burns, uh, another centre, goes to the Rabbitohs. Jaden Okenbohr uh, is a winger, but also can play as a second rower. He's gone over to Hull FC. And Luke Thompson is a prop or lock. He's gone to the Wigan Warriors. Tavita Pengai Jr. is one of their star players. Previously has retired to pursue a boxing career. Josh Reynolds, a standoff, also retired last year. And Vitala Mariner, they announced today, that has gone to St. George. He's a second rower. So what does their side look like? So lots of change for the side that's going to be heading out onto the field. So... Uh, Stephen Crichton is likely to come in at fullback. The wingers could be Joshua, Joshua Dakar and Jacob Kiraz. Uh, Matt Burton and Connor Tracy would slot in in the centres. Drew Hutchinson would come in at standoff. At halfback, Toby Sexton. Props would be Max King and Josh Curran with Reed Mahoney staying at hooker. In the second row, you'd have Jacob Preston and Villamaya Kakal. Kikal. At loose forward, you'd have Kurt Mann. So lots of change across the for 13 for the Bulldogs. Big questions then. So this is one of the biggest rebuilds we've seen over the NRL offseason with Seraldo running outside filled with marquee recruits. But they've now got better depth, proven experience and players who have been part of winning cultures. All essential traits that were needed after their nightmare 2023 season. It also sees uh, Burton and Crichton reunited. Look, Bulldogs fans can't wait to see both Crichton and Burton on the field together in Bulldogs jerseys. The two won the 2021 title together, and the hope is that the two can be just as lethal as they were for Penrith. But look, despite all their signings, the squad also have an issue with forward depth, particularly in the props, and are likely to be relying on inexperienced youngsters in their engine room to get them over the line this year. But is it time to return to the finals? The Bulldogs have not been there since 2016. So is it time to bring one of the NRL's most prestigious clubs back to the top table? Let's start talking about the Titans then. So Gold Coast Titans won nine games and lost 15 in 2023. Their star player is their fullback, AJ Brimson. The coach is Des Hasler. He's another new appointee for this season. Their key signing was arguably Keenan Palacia, a prop from the Broncos. Their first five games then, they are at home to the Dragons, away to the Bulldogs, at home to the Dolphins. They then go away to the North Queensland Cowboys, and then they're away to the Raiders. They have never won the title, so they don't have a last title, and they had the 14th best odds for the title this year. So offensive stats, I'll start with the best ones. So they were third for set completion. They were eighth in tackle bursts and they were ninth in offloads. Some of the worst stats they had, uh, they were 16th in handling errors, 14th for try assists, and they were 12th in tries scored. Uh, Defensively, they had the league's 14th best defense, so they conceded 653 points. They were 14th in tackles. Uh, They were 7th in missed tackles and 4th in ineffective tackles. To the individual stats then, so uh, Tanner Boyd was the 10th highest point scorer in the league. Uh, Alafayana Can Pereira was 9th for all tries scored. 
Uh, Tanner Boyd was also seventh in goals kicked um, and ninth in kick meters. Uh, David Fafita, the powerhouse forward, was uh, sixth for tackle bursts. And Alafayana Khan Pereira was also third in line breaks. Uh, defensively, not great stats here, but Joe Stimson was 10th in missed tackles across the league. And Tino Fuasamalu, I've got to try that again. Tino Fa Maleo was 10th in effective tackles across the league. Again, apologies for that horrible pronunciation there. So let's have a look at some of their incomings then. So Keenan Palacia is a prop that they've acquired from the Brisbane Broncos. And Harley Smith Shields is a wing at centre that they've got from Cambry. The outgoings, they've seen Cruz Lehman head to the UK to be the Wigan Warriors' new hooker. So, their 13 is unlikely to really change. Um, Jalen Campbell will come in at fullback. Khan uh, Pereira and Phil Sammy will be the wingers. The centres, AJ Brimson and Brian Kelly. Uh, at standoff, you'd have Kieran Foran with Tanner Boyd uh, retaining his place at halfback. Props, uh, Mwaki Fotowaka and Keenan Palacia and with Sam Varelis at hooker. And in the second row forwards would be David Fafita and Bo Firma with Tino staying as the lock. So what are the big questions facing the Titans? They need to get the best out of the forwards. Look, they have won the league's most eye-catching forward pack, but they need to slot the right pieces around it so the team can hold on to leads and get further up the ladder. They also need to try and get a bit more consistency from Pafita, who is being accused of going missing in the occasional game. Uh, in terms of the big switches, we'll see AJ Brimson come in at centre. Uh, the star playmaker is moving there to allow Jalen Campbell at fullback, so expect to see Brimson more towards the end of play sets where he can make a difference by the try line. Uh, in terms of the pressure on Des Hasler, so look, he is facing a bit of pressure to get this club moving after quite a turbulent 2023 campaign. And his winning pedigree was one of the key reasons that the Titans went for him. He last won a title in 2011. So the question is, are his best coaching years now behind him? And there's a lot of pressure on Hazler's halfback, uh, Tanner Boyd, who is under the microscope and needs to step it up at seven or face being ousted in the position. He has seven tries in 60 NRL games. So 2024 is a big make or break year for him. So to the Dolphins. So they were uh, the league's new team last year in their inaugural season. Their coach is Wayne Bennett and his side won nine games and lost 15th. 15 with their star player was Felice Cafusi, a second rower. Uh, the key signing is the centre, Herbie Farnworth from the Brisbane Broncos. Their first five games then. So they are at home to the North Queensland Cowboys. They then take the Dragons at home. They're heading away to the Titans home for the Tigers and then they're away for the Broncos and they had the 15th best odds for the title this year so offensively let's have a look at some of the stats then so they were fifth for set completion they were 10th in offloads I mean they were kind of top 12 for most of these look they had the 12th best attack with 520 points scored they were 11th in try scored and 11th in run meters 11th in try assist as well so Really not that bad for a brand new team. And uh, defensively, they had the 13th best defense, conceded 631 points. Uh, they were 10th for tackles, 10th in missed tackles, and 10th in ineffective tackles. 
offensively then in the player stats, it's all about Jermaine Osako. He was first in points overall across the league. He was fifth for goals kicked in the league. He was fifth in line breaks and 11th in meters made. So an absolute uh, giant for them offensively. Defensively, Zai Katoa was 13th in missed tackles, and that's kind of the only stat that's really emerged from that year. Their incomings then. So as I said, the star Herbie Farnworth joins from Brisbane. Bit of a tricky decision that really for him to to jump ship from the Broncos after they were so good last year. But he's joined by Tommy Flegler, the prop who can also put loose forward, who joins from Brisbane. Jake Avarillo, the centre from Canterbury, comes into the squad. And Oren Keeley is a second rower that they've picked up from the Newcastle Knights in terms of their outgoings. So uh, Herman SASA is the prop loose forward that's gone to Hull FC. Pawasa Famosili is a prop that's gone to the Canterbury. And Oliver Gildar is a centre that's gone to Hull KR. In terms of their starting 13 then, so... Hamaso, Dubai, Fido will stay at fullback. The wingers will be Asako and Tessi Nui. In the centres, brand new pairing of Jake Avarillo and Herbie Farmworth. At standoff, you'd have Isaiah Katoa. At halfback, Sean O'Sullivan. In the props, Jesse Bromwich and Tommy Flegler. Uh, Jeremy Marshall King would be the hooker. Second row forward would be Felice Kafusi and Kenny Bromwich. And at loose forward, you'd have Tom Gilbert. So what are the five big things for the Dolphins? Well, firstly, it's likely to be Jesse Bromwich's last season. Uh, the Dolphins captain has revealed that the 2024 season, it will be his last. As the 34-year-old prepares for retirement this coming winter, uh, the former Melbourne Storm prop is a three-time NRL Grand Final winner. Uh, as I said, they will have a new centre pairing. So Farnworth was one of the Broncos' big players in 23 as they marched to the Grand Final. The very speedy Avarillo joins after a number of development years with Canterbury. So can they make a lethal pairing together? And can the Dolphins make another step? Look, they were really expected to struggle in 2023, but the squad accounted themselves well and were only let down by a number of injuries and suspensions. With a good recruitment window, can they push closer towards the top eight? Um, because their big weapon in 2023 was their complete ability to charge out on the front foot and ambush teams who thought they were going to come out all cagey. But that weapon is now gone. With teams likely to give them a bit more respect. So what is Wayne Bennett going to do with a side that is no longer going to be underestimated, particularly by the top teams? So to the Manly Sea Eagles. So they won 11 games and they lost 12. Their star player is the dynamic Tommy Turbo, Tom Tobeovic. Uh, the coach is Anthony Seabold. Their key signing was Luke Brooks, the standoff from the West Tigers. The first five games, so they are in Vegas to play the Rabbitohs. They then play the Roosters. They're away to the Parramatta Eels, away to the Dragons, and then they play the Penrith Panthers, so not an easy start for them. Their last title was in 2011, and they had the 11th best odds for the title. So for their offensive stats, they were 9th in tries scored and 9th in goals kicked, 7th for set completion. Uh, they had the league's 10th best attack, but they made a, they were 11th for handling and errors and 10th in try assists. Uh, defensively, they had the 10th best defence with 539 points conceded. 
They were 17th in tackles made, 17th in missed tackles, and 15th in ineffective tackles. The individual stats then, so Ruben Garrick was the 7th highest point scorer in the league. He also uh, was the 10th in goals kicked. Jason Saab was 11th in line breaks, and Daily Cherry Evans was in the top 12 at 12 for try assists. And there wasn't really any individual stats defensively to kind of shout about. So their incomings then. So yeah, Luke Brooks comes in as a standoff from the Tigers. Jackson Polo, a winger from the Roosters. Tommy Talal, centre winger from the West Tigers. And Corey Woodall, a second row from Canterbury. With Ticey James also is someone that they've picked up a prop from the West Tigers. They're outgoings then, so... The centre, Morgan Harper, joins the Eels. Kelma Tuolagi is a second rower that goes to Parramatta. Prop, Sean Kepi, goes to the Rabbitohs. The second rower, Samuela Fainu, goes to the Tigers. And Keo Weeks is a fullback that goes to the Canberra Raiders. So, Tom Tobayovic stays as the fullback. The wingers would be Jackson Paolo and Jason Saab. In the centres, you'd have Ruben Garrick and Todatao Kola. Sandoff would be Luke Brooks, who would slot in alongside Daly Cherry Evans at seven. Props would be Tanella Paseca and Tafoa Sipley. Lachlan Croker would remain hooker. Amole Olokowatu and Josh Schuster would be the second row forwards, and Jake Dubeovic would be the loose forward. So what are the key points around Manly? So every club and fan knows that Manly's hopes all rely on the fitness of Tom Tobiovic. He is their ace in the hall, their best playmaker, and one of the best players in the world when fit. So how far will they go? It all depends on his fitness. And look, he could even be moved to the centres to reduce his workload and injury risk, which he has played for at New South Wales. So what kind of Tommy Turbo are we going to get in 2024? Uh, so new signing Luke Brooks is going to team up with club legend and Queensland captain Jaley, Daily Cherry Evans for 2024 for a veteran partnership as they have 500 NRL games between them. Can DCE flourish with an established six alongside him? I think the consensus across the Australian media is that yes, they will. And that is what is going to push Manly further up the table this year. And what can they do with Josh Schuster? So... He signed a new contract last year to quite a bit of frustration across the fandom. And he continued to struggle at standoff in that position. So can he now find his best form as a second rower? So lastly for today, let's talk about the North Queensland Cowboys. So they won 12 and lost 12. Their star player is Ruben Cotter. Their coach is Todd Payton. And their key signing was probably Jake Clifford, a halfback from Hull FC. Their first five games then, they are away to the Dolphins, at home to the Knights, away to the Dragons, the Broncos, and then home to the Titans. Their last title was in 2015, and they have the sixth best odds for the title. In terms of the key offensive stats then, so they were second for set completion. They had the league's ninth best attack, scoring 546 points, ninth in run meters, tenth in tries scored, ninth in try assists defensively they had the 11th best defense uh, they were 15th in tackles third in missed tackles and sixth in ineffective tackles 
some of the individual stats then for the players. So Valentine Holmes was eighth in all points scored. He was ninth in goals kicked across the league. Uh, Chad Townsend had a few stats here. So he was uh, 12th across the league for line engaged and third in attacking kicks made. Scott Drinkwater was fourth in try assists and fourth in handling errors. Defensively, Reese Robson was seventh for all tackles made, and he was uh, Chad Townsend was seventh in missed tackles and fourteenth in ineffective tackles. Their incomings: uh, Jake Clifford, a halfback standoff, joins from Hull FC, and Villamai Vela is a centre from the New, C- New Zealand Warriors. And Thomas McKayley is a prop that they've got from Warrington Wolves. The outgoings then. Peter Hiku is a centre winger who's gone to Hull KR. Riley Price is a second rower that's gone to the Penrith Panthers. Uh, the second rower, Taniela Sadrugu, has gone to Breve Rugby in France. Uh, James Tamo is, is a prop that's retired. And the second rower, Mitchell Dunn, has also retired from the Cowboys. Uh, their starting 13 is got no new players in it as of now. So Scott Drinkwater stays at fullback. The wingers would be Sammy Vellame and Murray Taulagi. Uh, in the centres, you'd have Valentine Holmes and Zach Labert. At standoff, you'd have Tom Dearden. Uh, the halfback would be Chad Townsend. Props would be Cohen Hess and Jason Taumalolo. Uh, the hooker would be Reese Robson. Hylam Luki and Jeremiah Nane would be the second rowers, and Ruben Cotter would be at Luke's forward. So then, let's round things off with the Cowboys then. So the veteran halfback Chad Townsend is going to be playing for his future this year because he's entering his last year, the contract year with the Cowboys. He was a title winner in 2016. He's keen to stay in Townsville, but at 33 years old, he's starting to face a bit of an uncertain future. Uh, the Cowboys need a stronger start. They had a horrendous start last year, losing five of their first seven fixtures. They did manage to recover their form from May onwards, and they won six in a row up until round 21, before three back-to-back feats and then a loss on the final day meant that they missed out on the final eight. But they have, currently have the sixth best odds for the title in 2024. But are they a top six side? They have proven quality in every position, bar probably their wingers. And they have superstar talents in Valentine Holmes, Scott Drinkwater and Ruben Cotter. But is this squad better than the likes of the Panthers, the Storm, Broncos, Rabbitohs, Eels and maybe Manly? I would say probably no. But that's what the bookies have them as. And that brings an end to part one of our big NRL recap. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully with better pronunciation on the names from me. Uh, we will, we're also going to share our big Super League predictions for the 2024 season. Uh, we'll see you then.